This is where we talk about how we grow both a powerful brand and business and life as well, because everything's connected. Welcome to Brand and Biz Bills. I'm Debbie White. I've spent 30 years in the creative advertising industry, working with Fortune 500 brands, while also being a serial entrepreneur, building several multiple six and seven figure businesses along the way. I'm talking with other powerful women to share insider secrets and insights about building your brand and business. And I don't have time for BS and fluff. You don't either. So let's get to building a powerful brand and business with some real Frank talk. Follow me on Instagram at frankly Deb so we can connect further. Hello, I am here with Elizabeth Galperin today. Elizabeth is a business productivity coach. Yes, we all need this in our lives. And she's going to tell us all kinds of insights about how to be more productive, profitable, and her ultimate goal is to help people have peace of mind. Hey, Elizabeth. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you, Debbie. I'm very excited to be here and chat with you about my favorite topic. Ah, you are so good at this. I've had the pleasure of being able to work with Elizabeth and um, I can't wait to dive into all the things that can help people be more productive. The accountability part is so huge. Um, I'm going to touch on that, but I want to know you work with a lot of business owners, right? What do most business owners need when it comes to improving personal habits? Because you you cover personal habits all the way to business productivity. Yes. I would say one of the most important things is just a simplification of all the things that they're trying to do. Um, Most of the business owners that I work with, and I work with men and women, uh, and I will say I see this with women more than men, but but across the board, um, just having so many responsibilities, wearing so many hats, and um, you know sometimes being over overextending, uh, and so you know the first probably with every client, I think the the first thing that we look at is what are you committed to? Why are you committed to all of those roles, jobs, responsibilities, volunteer, whatever it may be, and um, and how do we kind of rein it in? so that everything is in alignment um, and you know that you're not trying to fit um, a gallon into a pint size you know container right <laughs> you know it's interesting you, you bring up that you work with both men and women um, I now primarily work with women and this is this is something we do yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. I mean it's a it's i I do a lot of research on like current day culture and how were things a hundred years ago and kind of what is, why have things evolved this way? And uh, there's a lot of, a lot of the research right now shows that part of why we create such busyness is it's our way of representing our value. So if you think about even oh. in, like in the in- industrial age, like you were productive and you were a successful um worker, if you were able to make, you know, hundred widgets an hour, or, you know, you were able to crank out a certain number of products, uh, per right. hour per day, we don't really create product much anymore, especially your audience. And, you know, we're, a lot of us are 
service providers or knowledge workers. Uh, and so in order to demonstrate our value and our worth, we kind of associate it with, well, how many things am I doing? How many appointments are on my calendar? How many boxes on my to-do list have I checked off? Oh my so God. it's a, it's a worth, uh, it's representation is, of our worth. That deserves its own book. I think Elizabeth. That is <laughs> huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you don't think about it, but if you step back, I think we can all agree. I mean, that's, it's a human need. We all yes. want to be wor- worthy and valued and needed. Right. So it's not a judgment mm-hmm. in any way, but it's just like, gosh, this is one of the ways that in, in our culture, we have associated value yeah. and importance with how many things have you accomplished today? The busyness, like mm-hmm. how busy can I fill mm-hmm. my plate? Therefore I am worthy because I am a doer. You got it. And is it really hitting the goals and really giving you the things in life you want? Most of the time the answer is not really. No. Right. Cause a lot of times half of what you're doing isn't actually connected to your ultimate goal or your passion in life or, you know, your big why. So there's a lot of misalignment. Oh my gosh. That is, that is so huge right there. That is really, really huge. Yeah. Okay. I have so many questions to ask you, but here's one you work with. I know even corporations, people in business, you've probably worked with all levels. Mm -hmm. And I know one of the things you talk about is looking at and simplifying and also implementing system and structure. Right. So what stage of business do we need to be in to start looking at and even implementing business systems? Yeah. We're going to have to talk about what does that mean? What's a business system? (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, let me start with that. Okay. And I'm going to, so one of my early mentors, her name was Barbara Hemphill and she used system as an acronym. And the way that she defined a system was any process or uh, routine that you put into place that would save you space, time, energy, and or money. Ooh. So saving you space, time, energy, and money. I uh, yes, please. Yes. So a system could be as simple as what is my morning routine that helps me get to my desk by 9 a.m. every day? Okay. Uh, what is my routine when I get home uh, with my keys and my phone and my wallet so that I know where they are the next time I'm going to leave the house? So systems can be as simple as a a habit, right? Or a simple one, two, three step process uh, that helps us be more efficient, not lose things, save money, right? Right. So in business, again, it can be something. So so to answer the second part of your question, which is, well, at what point in a business do I need to implement systems? My answer would be, well, ideally from day one, (laughs) because Ah. there's all, (laughs) there's always something you're doing, even if you're in that ideation stage or that I'm getting started, I'm just getting my name out there. Um, There are things that if you can do them the same way each time, you're going to become more efficient, more effective, and you're going to refine your system really while you're defining it. So, you know, it could be, all right, I have a new business and I need to be readily available for prospects and new clients, how often do I want to be responding to emails? You really want to have a process, a system for that. You don't want to be sitting there with your inbox open all day long, constantly reacting and responding. Mm -hmm. 
So it really is a matter of not when do I implement systems, but like where, where can I easily start implementing systems no matter what stage you are in your business? So, I mean, time blocking is something we, we teach our members. Um, What are your favorite time systems? As far as like, these are habits, right? And like clumping mm-hmm. activities together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would say some of the, the best strategies that, that work for most people. Now, again, we're all unique. We all are wired differently. But yeah. I think that the strategies that I see working most successfully, um, it would definitely be what you're referring to, like task batching. Mm-hmm. So if I have six phone calls that I need to make today, I should have a time block that is return calls because it's using a similar part of my brain. It's requiring me to be social and engaged. So I should ideally, I don't like using the word should, I can be more effective and efficient if I do them all at the same time. Oh, wow. Okay. Even, you know, when am I, so for, for those who are listening that are service-based that work with clients, you know, you want to have specific times where your client facing and you probably want those to be longer blocks of time. And then you want to uh, counter those with times that you're not client facing, where you get to be more focused on internally. Um, and everybody has, you know, some, like I spent six hours the other day at a in-person training all day long with a oh, room yeah. full of, you know, 30 people yeah. that energizes me at the end of that. I'm like, I could have gone and done another six hour training Um, for others. That would be like max, right? No more interaction with people all day long. I would be maxed. Yes. So you kind of have to know your sweet spot. And then, so you might say I should meet, I should have clients for, you know, two to three hours a day. And then the second half of my day, I want to be working more on the business. I want to be in my room, in my office doing creative work or, you know, working on, um, on content. So, you know, your time blocks are, you know, some of them are, are client serving your clients. Some of them are going to be marketing, um, finances for the business. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, networking, if you, if you do get out and about and meet with people, Uh, So I, you know, I don't say yes to having lunch or coffee with folks any day of the week, any time of day. I'm pretty strategic about which days I Mm. am networking. Um, So, you know, kind of looking at what are the, I call them like the buckets, what are the buckets of your business, you know, sales, marketing, client delivery, um, operations and team. And then once you kind of have those different buckets or pillars, then you want to make sure you have time blocks where you can address all of those. So nothing's getting neglected, nothing's falling through the cracks. Um, right. And then again, there's consistency. So you can kind of build a system around how am I managing my finances on a weekly basis? Yeah. How am I communicating with team on a weekly basis? Yeah. And that's where you start to create the, the process within the time blocks. Yeah, I do this now. Uh, and I didn't mm-hmm. used to. And I, I I mean, I have financial Friday, you know, yep. I have days I do podcasting, I have days that's team and internal. Um, but it yep. wasn't always like that. It, it, and I've been in business for myself for years. So I, I yep. kind of look back and like, oh, if I could just go back and help that poor girl. <laughs> do you can, let me I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah, if I'm allowed to sure, do that. Of on course, anything goes here. So, yeah. <laughs> Do you think that you are resistant to it? A lot of times my clients will say, 
that systems and structure feels confining yeah. and like a constraint. And that's, you know, the whole reason I'm running my own business is I don't want to have to follow a bunch of rules. Um, oh, and so yeah. I often have to kind of, um, I have to win them over on the fact that structure creates more independence, more freedom, more it time. Does. Was that the yes, absolutely. I like to just do whatever I felt like doing. And yeah. if I was going to network with someone, I wanted to be able to say, any lunch all week is fine. And I would work my schedule around showing up for them, even if yes. a ferry in or what. Oh, that yeah. not. Yeah, this is so much better. Yes. It's, you know, I, I have you know, like two specific days and, and then one key day I take calls and then like a tiny mm-hmm. extra second secondary slot. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I'm yes. not sitting and because it puts me in charge actually of what yes. I like to do and how I like to do it. And I was doing yeah. the opposite for thinking I had more freedom, but I was working around everyone else's desires and <laughs> right. that were random. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and if you think about, uh, there's lots of different ways to define being productive and feeling independent and having freedom, but almost all of those include some level of control. Right. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) And so that's what we're talking about. Yeah. I want control over my time and control over my energy and control over where I'm focusing and when I'm focusing. Um, So that's really why these structures and these systems and these processes and um, plans, why they work, because they help us to feel in control. They do. We like control. Yep. Control is a good thing. Yes, we do. <laughs> I know. That, that part I do like, and it's, and it just makes the flow. So it just, it's all just, I, I'm a high, high believer. I'm a high believer. And that's the right word. I'm a true believer in having systems. And I did fight it for years and years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm much more productive. And I realize like we're productive in shorter windows than, I, than and I think we just learned that about ourselves. Yes. Like I know 100%. I have a sweet spot of like intense focus and then I need, I just know myself so much better. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's why there is no perfect formula. I mean, there are yeah. like, there's a technique called the Pomodoro technique and it's, you work for 25 minutes and you take a break for five minutes yeah. and you go through those cycles. And, you know, I will, cause a lot of times clients will say like, well, just what's the, tell me what to do. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, we can start there, yeah. but you have, you have to be curious and you have to um, be introspective. Mm-hmm. And just be observant and figure out like, for me, I work really well in like hour and a half blocks. Me too. I need yeah, I more to time to get deep. Yes, I'm exactly. And then mm-hmm. I come up for air at lunch and then I'll like, you know, treat myself to a kombucha and go outside or do my, but I like to get back in it. I'm funny. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So you got to find that rhythm for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and that is the beauty of working for yourself, being an entrepreneur, being your own boss, is then you get to build your day and your schedule around those preferences. Um, but it's, you know, it's not the same thing as saying, well, I just get to do whatever I want, whenever I want. Um, Cause you're not maximizing your needs in yeah. that case. Do you have a favorite tool or app that you use to like create these buckets or map out your week? Or is it just on a calendar or how do you do things or how do you recommend clients do this? Yeah, I have clients use whatever most of my clients are using some form of a digital calendar at this point. Um, And so I say use whatever tool you're already using. So I use uh, Google Calendar. So that's my tool. Uh, I create, I call it an ideal calendar. So I set up in my Google Calendar a, you know, calendar that literally is called ideal calendar. 
<laughs> and then I kind of overlay that with actual appointments. So if, you know, Tuesday afternoons are client time, that's my client time block, and I have an appointment with Deb, then, yeah. you know, Deb's appointment goes on my business calendar. And then I see, yep, it's, it's fits in with what I was supposed to be doing right now, which was client time. Okay. Okay. And then how, how strict are you if they fall outside of ideal? <laughs> how do you navigate the like, that's yeah. Yeah. I always tell folks to aim for 80%. Oh, I like if that. you're 80% successful, I mean, no week is a perfect ideal no. week, right? So that. 80% is you're doing pretty good. Yeah. That yeah, always brings me back my to metric. one of my favorite principles is the Pareto principle. The yes. I right. Mean, can you not right. use that with everything? Yes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 80% means you have done the best you can to stick to your plan and life like it always does sometimes throws a couple of little wrenches in there and you've managed it well if you stick to your plan about 80%. <laughs> so Okay. Yeah. So let's say we've got ideal calendars going. This is a lot, by the way, I'm just looking at different stages. <laughs> um, well, here's a question. When you see people at a, they're making more money, the people that are making, you know, a couple hundred grand and up, um, yeah. are they more productive? Are they doing things differently? Or uh, is it like, no, it's just bigger numbers. <laughs> or is it everything? I'm always curious about this. Right. Well, or do they have their act together? <laughs> I mean, I think it can be, but I've seen both. Let's okay. just say I've seen both. I've walked into a million plus earning company that uh, I will use your word. That's been a shit show. Yeah. Um, and I've also seen businesses that are run by, you know, a solopreneur with very little support in terms of team and, um, you know, they've got it all buttoned up. Mm. Uh, so what I, what I do see is when companies reach, um, six, multiple six figures, mm -hmm. uh, the most important piece is that they have systems defined and they do have team helping to run the systems. Okay. So there's a great saying, I won't get it exactly right, but it's that systems run the business and people run the systems. And that's how you yeah. want to build your business, right? Yeah, familiar so, with stuff. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the most successful way of growing and scaling is that you, the founder, owner, employee number one, yep. that you have figured out, this is how I want operations to run. And then it's so clear that anyone can come in and you can teach them to run it the way you want it run. Because so, you have clearly defined mm -hmm. steps which are yes. the systems of how you do things. Yes. Yeah. And then you can step out of that role. Like maybe yeah. you hate, you hate actually doing the sales calls, right? Mm -hmm. You're able now to step out of that be more involved in the client delivery or the content creation or whatever it is that lights you up. And right. you know that my salespeople over here, they're on the phone, they're having the conversations and I know they're saying the things that I would say. Right. And they're, they're going to say it with their own flair, with their own personality. It's not like we're creating robots, right? but you also know that they're not deviating so far from the 
values of your company or, you know, so you can trust that, okay, that system over there, that sales system over there is working. Yeah. I'm going to check in and, and, you know, make sure things are going fine, but I can now remove myself. I've got the system. I've got good people running the system. Now I can focus on where I'm, you know, my zone of genius. Right. Um, let me bring it down a little bit to like, okay, we've got, we've got these women that are like, you know, I've been asked this question, when do I hire my first VA? Mm-hmm. And I know there's no one, like you have to be making X, Y, Z. There is no clear cut answer. For right. That. Right. Um, but it, you know, talk about wearing all the hats when you're in that mode of I'm wearing all the hats. I'm mm-hmm. the kind of person I started my business because I've started six, five other businesses. I hired two VAs right off the bat. I do not do not advise people to do that because right. I do things very differently. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, I'm all in and I was ready to go and I went into six scare very fast and that's not a typical trajectory at all. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think yeah, my I answer, my answer would be going back to the theme of our conversation here, you have to, you have to have written the newsletters enough. You have to have created your social media enough yourself to have a sense of, okay, this is how, this is how I want it done. This is, you know, how I'm getting uh, the audience to open my emails or how I'm getting in uh, engagement on social media. You have to kind of test things out um, and know enough about your audience and about your process so that when you're ready to have someone take over, you can share that information, right? Okay. I will tell you, I have seen what I have seen being least successful mm-hmm. is when someone says, well, I just want to have, I'm going to hire a VA and I want them to figure it out. Oh, I don't no, know anything work. about that. Right. I agree. Right. No, yeah. absolutely yeah. not. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and then I um, your, your marketing and your brand. I mean, that's my specialty, but I see yes, that that yes. is, yeah, that does not work. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and another fun exercise that I think opens people's eyes up to where could I maximize a virtual yeah. assistant or an assistant? Yeah. Um, I will have them in again, there's no, like, let's just say there's three columns on a piece of paper. And you've got your $10 tasks, your $100 tasks, and your $1,000 tasks. So the $10 task is like, I could pay someone about $10 and maybe, maybe nowadays we should say 20. Yeah, it's at least 20 now. <laughs> we'll do 20, 20, 200, and 2,000. I, like I could the, pay I like someone, yeah, $20 to um, like, you know, pull data from my, um, from my audience so that I know their demographics. Well, I could pay someone to do some data entry into the spreadsheet, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, when I, if I were to figure out what is my hourly rate, not that I charge an hourly rate, but sure. it's definitely more than $20 an hour, yeah, right? So yep. I would be losing money if I was the one doing the data entry versus if I pay someone 20 and I'm over here earning $200 an hour, right. okay, now I just made money versus lost money. Yep. So then the middle column is like, okay, so I would be willing to pay someone to let's go with $200 for this task. Mm-hmm. So it requires a skill set um, that I may or may not have, right? So I am I'm not skilled in numbers. I don't mm-hmm. like numbers. I don't like bookkeeping. I don't like all of that. So um, 
I would a, I would be happy to part with $200 if I knew somebody was going to run my QuickBooks well. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it would probably take me two to three hours to do something that one person could do. Yeah. So that would go in my $200 column. So that's probably a good outsourcing task, yeah. um, but probably to an expert, right? Um, And if I have to do it myself, then maybe I will, maybe I'll keep that on my plate for a little while. Right. But I know that that's going to go next $2,000. If we go to our highest level, that's, that's where the magic happens. That's me working with my client. That's me in my zone of genius, right? That is what my business is all about. Those are the tasks that I'm going to hold on to as long as I can, because that's what this, that's the whole purpose of my business. Got it. So if I look at, okay, what did I do this week? And I spent 10 hours over here doing $20 an hour tasks. Like I'm ready. I've got to hire because I'm losing money by spending my time over there. This is so good. Um, Yeah. yeah, This is really helpful. I I get this question a lot. Do you? Yes. Yes. I think if you haven't hired anyone to support you, it's really a scary, scary thing. And they don't know Mm -hmm. when to do and where and how. Right. Um, But you're bringing up some, I mean, I let's see again, you're all about the structure, right? Gives you the freedom, <laughs> right? You know? Right, right. Where does the task, what column does the task fit in? And then who should be doing it? Yeah. 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 Um, and then yeah, let me the, just wrap that up by saying yeah. nobody makes perfect hires every first hire. You know, like you need to also know that you may hire someone and it may not work out well. And it has nothing to do with the fact that you're not a good leader or that they weren't a good employee. It just means it wasn't the right person for the right job. So I think you also have to be willing to try. I'm going to hire someone. I'm going to see how they do working, you know, five hours for me. And then I'm going to reevaluate after a month or two and figure out what did I learn? What do I really need? And then, you know, fix or, or revise things from there. So I think that's the other fear that people have, it doesn't have to be the perfect person the very first time you bring them in. You just got to try and you'll learn from it. Well, and even to to tag on to that nowadays with virtual assistants, which are amazing, mm-hmm. yes. um, you can do a 30-day trial run for both of you. Yes, Let's see if exactly. it's a mutual fit. Let's see yes. how this rolls and then take yes. the pressure off of everybody and then right. reevaluate 30 days. Like, how are we doing? And you're like, you, you know it. what? I think I've gotten what I need. Yes. I've had to do that before. And it's like, yes. thank you so much. Right. Right. You know, or this is working out great. Let's go here now. Let's keep going. Mm-hmm. I love doing that. And um, yeah. it is really helpful, but I love how you break it out into the three areas. You know, yeah. another thing I wanted to ask you is, do you think, well, what do we need to know about ourselves to perform at our peak? Because you do a lot of introspection on testing and I love all this stuff. Right. Understanding ourselves so that we can mm-hmm. work more effectively. So right. what do you right. know about us? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I could get lost in like <laughs> analyzing myself. I know. I find it fast. <laughs> I find all this fascinating. I do too. I do too. Um, so I think that we, as business owners, well, we have to know why we started this whole thing to begin with, right? Because sometimes we lose sight of why did I leave that job and start this business? Um, Why did I give up that security and step into this insecurity? So that's something that you want to revisit. And that will also evolve. So you want to revisit that from time to time, because you've got to know your why so that you stay 
motivated mm-hmm. and you stay driven. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So outside of that, I think it's really important to know what are your natural strengths and what are your areas of weakness? We all have both. Yep. And then you also need to know, are you content staying really good at, you know, these six things and outsourcing the others, or is your goal to become better at all of it? Uh, there's no right or wrong answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, most people will tell you that you can't, you can't master everything as a business owner. You're not going to no. master every single part of running the business. Um, but it is your decision to say, well, I actually want to be good at the financial piece and I want to be good at the yeah. operations piece and I want to be good at the marketing piece. So yeah. you also need to know, are you, are you doing this to grow in all different areas or do you want to stay an expert in your area of expertise? And then you want to learn how to be a good leader to bring in team that has those yeah. expert that you know those expertise areas that aren't yours. Yeah. So is the goal to strengthen and become better at lots of things or is the goal to stay in your zone of genius and then surround yourself with team that can uh provide where you have weaknesses. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think it's like really no matter what business you're in you need to know your communication skills because that's we communicate no matter what business we're in. Communication is a big piece of it, right? Yes. And I need to know. Marketing is a big piece yeah, too. Right, right. A hundred percent. But yes, you're absolutely right. Um, and then le- I think leadership is another really important. Do you want to become a leader? Because that really also impacts how you're going to grow your business. It does. There, it really there, depends on the type yeah. of business. Like the creatives yeah. out there may be like, I don't need to be a leader, but I would differ with them because I work with a lot of those creatives. Mm-hmm. They're becoming yeah. a leader and what their brand stands for because yes. the ones that are really taking off are like owning this specialty. Like mm-hmm. maybe it's environmentalism, even I have one yes. just yeah. running with that. It's like, wow, wow. That go? Yeah. So I really think we're all called in, in different ways as yes. business owners, as entrepreneurs, that we actually are all leaders. Yeah. And a lot of people would never think of themselves as that in the beginning. No, you're right. And you bring up a good point. Like, are you leading um, your cause? Like, it sounds like she's leading yes. the, this cause that she's passionate about. Do you want to lead people? Meaning, do you want to have team that you're leading? Um, do you want to lead your industry by changing, like disrupting your industry, right? There's lots of different ways yeah. to show up as a leader. So what's the manner in which you want to be that leader? Um, and then certainly um, just the, a lot of assessments look at what's driving our behavior, right? Mm-hmm. So understanding why do, why, why is it that I always take so long to make a decision or why is it that I, you know, jump before, you know, the start gun and just kind of having that understanding of what's driving my behavior or my tendencies. Uh, and then once you understand it, then you've got more control over it. <laughs> it's <laughs> all a control thing. <laughs> right. It's right. It is. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I love this stuff so much. (laughs) Okay. I have one other question because for some reason I'm fascinated by this. I attract a lot of introverts and I'm kind of fascinated by this. I think I'm right on the edge. I, as a young child, I definitely was, but Mm -hmm. I love to meet people and get out there. And I think, Mm -hmm. um, is it fair to say that you're an introvert? 
You know, you said you were charged, so maybe you're an extrovert. I'm more of an extrovert. I get energized by people. people. Yes. Yes, for sure. Now I can sometimes be a quiet extrovert in the sense that I'm not the person that when I walk in the room, like everybody gets quiet. Um, but when it comes to how do I get my energy and where do I want to spend my time? It's, I want to spend my time around people with people. That's where I I get my fuel. That's why I'm kind of right on the, I'm like, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there's this, this thought and it's just a thought that if you're introverted, it's harder for you to like market and like be a, you know, like all these things in business. I'm just curious from what you've seen and what you've worked with. Does that hold true? Do you think that's? I don't. And I think, honestly, I think there's a misconception. I would challenge everyone listening to go do some research on what it means to be introverted versus extroverted. Cause I think there's stereotypes for sure. And I think if we really uncover it, it's not about I'm great around people or I do better behind a computer screen. It's really more about like, what's the balance that you need? Um, and how, like, how do you communicate best? How do you show up best? What, uh, what environments do you show up best? Yeah. So I think it really is, it's a choice. You could, you could use it as a crutch, right? You could say, right. Right. I think it's a a choice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think it is a, um, a certain, indicator of whether you're going to be more successful or less. I think it's, yeah. So if you're listening, like I'm an introvert, so that means I can't like, let's just flush that away right now. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. I know wildly successful people. Yeah. 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 So that's where, so being introverted is a strength, just like being extroverted is a strength. They're both strengths. How can I use this fact about myself to market in a way that feels really good and authentic to connect with people that are like me? So you use it, you can use it as a strength. You don't need to look at either of them as a weakness. This is so fascinating. I could talk to you all day. Um, (laughs) Elizabeth, where can people find you? Where's the best place to send them? It looks like it's LinkedIn. It is. Yes. I am all about LinkedIn. Um, I mean, Uh I, I provide all my services to professionals and and business owners. So that's just really where I get the most engagement and and have the most fun, honestly. So uh, on LinkedIn, just look for my name. I spell Elizabeth with an S, not a Z. That's the one thing that throws everyone off. Um, And then my business name is Peak Productivity. Um, My website is peakproductivitycoaching.com. I've got lots of my blog um, gets updated on there and you can reach out uh, and connect with me from my website. i um, love to talk with anyone uh, that's interested about helping them become a peak productive professional. You're the best. I always feel like <laughs> so much smarter after we have a conversation like, yeah, that's it. I'm in control. Now I know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love your energy. You always get me um, excited about uh, marketing my brand and my business. So love spending time with you, Debbie. Thanks, Elizabeth, so much. We'll talk to All you right. soon, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Brandon Bills with your host, Debbie White. Visit franklydeb.com where you can connect with us and join our free Facebook community where all the brand action happens. And I love hanging out on Instagram. So follow me there at franklydeb. And join us next time for another episode of Brand and Bills. Let's get real on women growing powerful brands.